Blog Talk Radio. that we have left, we want to talk right down to us in a language that everybody here can easily understand. WWE, correct? But, you know, if we're going to loop that in from last night's show, which was kind of, you know, hard and difficult because the ambient weather, maybe the excuses that come out from last night, that is. A lot of sighs, a lot of, okay, I thought we were past this type thing, you know. Not that the show was not entertaining, but it maybe I don't know what the crowd was expecting, but that they just were not on their feet for certain things because when you have a three-hour show and a window to fill and you have all these promos going on because they make sense, you know, they have to put on a production because it's Monday Night Raw. You know, they try to shake it up. Three, four superstars from SmackDown Live end up on Monday Night Raw. AJ Styles says, I built the house, you know, AJ Styles built blah, 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 SmackDown Live. It was just, it was all over the place, to be honest with you. And um, it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't terrible. It's just the placement of certain segments, the placement of certain promos, they all make sense. But my God, some of it took too long. But, the Bray Wyatt, the easing the people into his character. Can we speed up the process a little bit? They keep teasing him coming back in a completely different setting. That's one area that, you know, I find confused. Now, the next, you all know my affinity for Lacey Evans. I'm pretty sure, you know, it's going over well, you know, in the back. When it comes to, okay, how can I improve? What can I do? Baba, I don't go to the back. I just, I'm just trying to get a grasp on why. 
and I'm not going to waste my time with that. All right, so moving forward. The calm before the storm. I think I've titled an episode like this before, folks, but you get the gist. Is this the time of year when superstars are trying to get their bearings, trying to get make a name for themselves? That's every day. But money in the bank. That begs the question. Is that when the storm's going to hit? Is that when a tornado's just going to blast fans into a frenzy again? Bitching and moaning on social media, like me bitching and moaning on a podcast. What good does my bitching and moaning do if I... uh, if there's nothing that's done from it, well, it's a suggestive bitching and moaning because before it was the bitching and moaning that fans were like, well, we have to wait this long. Jesus Christ, we can't wait this long. We're so impatient. When it comes to results, like Seth Rollins defeating Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, maybe that's what they were waiting on because Seth did beat him at Mania 31. So it only makes sense that Seth would beat him again at Mania 35. I don't like to go through the inner workings of the locker room, but I'm just saying there's a lot of question marks that come to mind when it comes to watching WWE product, man. I still watch it, but I just have questions about it. Those questions are, okay, so what are your intentions with Samoa Joe? What are your intentions with Becky Lynch? The Viking Raiders... I'm not so sure, you know, just like tiny questions like, uh, what's the deal? You know, with their finishing maneuver name, you know, okay, so what made you decide that Viking Raiders was an acceptable name to give? You know, like small shit like that. What's the deal with Shinsuke Nakamura? Why are we putting him with Rusev? All the, all the smarty smart questions, you know? Is Rey Mysterio wrestling hurt? Again, it's, it's just small stuff that I want to ask. That probably people would say, you know what? You buy the ticket, don't you? You go here. You go and pay at the venue. You get our t-shirts. I didn't pay at the... Well, technically I did. I went to Barclays and I got the title belt. And I got me a few t-shirts. But that's not what I'm asking, folks. I'm asking, is this the calm before the absolute batshit crazy blog talk, bean cast, you know, bean podcast, or whatever material comes out of our mouths when it comes to finding a rhyme or reason as to why professional wrestling is the way it is when it comes to mainstream? It used to be. WCW, ECW, USWA, all the territories. But now, it's going to be WWE, AEW, Ring of Honor, New Japan, all that good jazz. For those of you who have been paying attention, as of late, as you know what's going on with 
Omega with Jericho showing up at certain places where they're not welcome. The attention of wrestling, the attention span of a wrestling fan that decides to watch every spectrum of it. It's difficult. But I try and keep a level head. I am one of many. Okay, WWE is doing this. Okay, AE Dubs is doing this. That sounds so stupid and pretentious. AEW, there we go. New Japan is doing that. I can tell you what Ring of Honor is doing, but then again, you know, yes, I can. Okay, so... As I pull it up here, what the latest and the haps is with Ring of Honor. Let me just say, folks, tune in to my show at Random Times. Okay, so ROHWrestling.com. What do we got here? X-Files, Briscoe's Rage Against NWA, Bully's Motive, First Attack on Tineal Revealed, Where's Camp Klein, New Challenger to Matt Taven's Throne. There's a lot of articles on the main website. Oh, you can buy tickets for Chicago, Illinois. Which would be May 12th, 2019, War of the Worlds. Oh, State of the Art, Kent, Washington, buy tickets on June 1st. So let's see here. X-Files. There's no secret that Jay and Mark Briscoe have it out for the grills of G.O.D., but Dem Boys are directing their rage at the National Wrestling Alliance as well. After being disqualified for using a chair in the match against PCO and Brody King at NWA's Crockett Cup, the Briscoes took their frustration on referee Paul Turner. Oh boy, he took a J-drawer. The Briscoes launched a scathing rant on the NWA in the ring and then began a preventative-laced YouTube video after the show. So the Briscoes have declared war on the NWA roster. This would be great. This should be good, folks. War of the Worlds International Television taping May 12th. Okay, so Gorillas of Destiny. Is that their, is that seriously their name? That's kind of cool. I haven't caught up with Summer Ring of Honor. I just, you know, here and there. But I figure I'd give you a little tidbit of what's going on with Ring of Honor just to just to prove that I am multiversed in the world of professional wrestling, as we wait up on for Granny Holster to join me, uh, let's see here. We're just going to talk about professional wrestling as is. So, Angel Fishes. The reason why mainstream wrestling is having issues right now, and it really hasn't been that terrible. I can't say I can complain in the last few weeks. I mean, since WrestleMania, it's been a first where stuff was getting off the off the uh, lift off, and then it's kind of just peters out and peters out, and there's no interesting stories. Not that, not the interesting story part. It's like, can you keep the fans awake? Long enough to where fans will not be 
saying the following, gee, I wish I would have spent my money at Ring of Honor, or gee, I wish I would have spent my money, um, you know, for a local event, which that's least likely in some instances, not all. But the product now, from what's being produced to the general viewing public of WWE, is, okay, The Miz and Shane are rivals. Not saying Shane can't go anymore, but my God, dude, that's one area that needs to be fixed is I worry that one day he's going to take a really, really bad fall off the top of the Tron or some crazy shit, and he will not be able to walk. Or he'll do something stupid and get hurt, which requires, you know, surgery, and that's probably all up to him. Or the fact that this rivalry between Becky Lynch and Lacey Evans, don't know where it's going, but okay, now I'm intrigued a little bit. I don't know. Charlotte, she's always going to be implemented into a rivalry because of her name. And because she can draw the crowd's attention. Samoa Joe and Rey Mysterio. Okay, let's break down the rivalry block, shall we? This one's going to get interesting. Because, you know, Samoa Joe and AJ Styles, Samoa went to AJ Styles' home. It was great. There's an actual story there for fans to get behind, for fans to actually say, man, I want to go see it. And then Samoa Joe at the end ended up losing whatever the outcome is. It really, at this point, folks, does not matter. In some instances, what the outcomes are. Some instances, yes, outcomes do affect the audience reach because, let me see here, I'm going to look at the ratings right now and not bore you to tears, but give you points as to why. Okay? WWE Raw Ratings 2019. So Daniel Bryan showed up on last night's show. Okay, it says, (laughs) Raw Ratings hit all-time modern low outside football season amidst worries. Okay. Ooh, wow, 2.16. Oh, my. WWE's viewership is taking fast with no signs of slowing down. This is according to Forbes. So, coming out of last week's lackluster Q1 2019 earnings report, things are quickly going from bad to worse for WWE in regards to its core product. Okay, the promotion on the eve of financial boom period where it will make more money than ever before. Okay, so this week's episodes of Raw and SmackDown Live were down 30% and 25% from 2018. Raw drew a 2019 low of 2.158 million viewers, while SmackDown Live logged a 2019 low of 1.833 million viewers. To put this in perspective, Raw's average viewership through 2018 saw a 32% decline over the past five years. 
Though WWE's viewership annually softens in the months of the following WrestleMania, both numbers represented the lowest non-holiday total outside football season in company history. With the NBA still relatively early in its postseason of football season around the corner, WWE's alarmingly low viewership numbers stand to get very embarrassing very quickly. As has been the case, the biggest drops came among the younger demographics. In the case of SmackDown Live, viewership was down 38% among teenagers and 40% among the 18 to 35 demographic. The increasingly poor viewership for the industry leader raises big questions as to whether these numbers are an indictment of WWE's underwhelming core product of professional wrestling as a whole. And this is just uh, Forbes.com. So the more WWE's numbers exponentially erode, the more one has to wonder whether the buyer's remorse has set in for Fox. Nobody knows just how much WWE and SmackDown Live will benefit from the gigantic promotion and packaging with other Fox Sports properties, such as college football and the NFL. But it's hard to imagine WWE inking a similar billion-dollar deal with Fox if their numbers were this low during negotiations last year. Per usual, many will shoehorn their own narratives into why WWE numbers are so bad. Everything from Baron Corbin to poor storytelling will be blamed regardless of any whack-job theory. WWE is clearly in need of a transcendent star to bring a struggling product back from the dead. Okay, so so here's the deal. After what I just read, it begs the question. It says, okay, The Rock brought WWE out of the doldrums and the generation was similar. Okay, so and these are numbers, folks: four point one four three million, three point seven zero five million in two thousand fifteen. 2016 was 3.19. I'm reading off numbers, but 3.018, and then down the decline to 2,000 or 2.823. This is um. It's kind of sad, really. I mean, we've. We've gone over numbers before on my show, but now to see that the viewership for both shows has declined, I don't know what else to tell you all. Other than the fact of the matter is, well, you hear that a lot, other than citing off facts from one website or more than one source... I mean, I still love professional wrestling. It's just got a lot of questions. Like, are you guys really going to keep dropping in ratings? There's got to be somebody. There's got to be a person that brings fans to the arenas that makes people just get out of their seats and go, yes, I would love to join. I would love to be a part of this thing we call World Wrestling Entertainment. There's got to be somebody. Wait, Becky Lynch, you know. There's got to be... Yeah. 
she was extremely, not just fairly, extremely popular. But what they're saying is they need someone, a big name, that came from the independents, that can make a difference when it comes to giving people quality, giving people a fair opportunity to judge their talent. So, yeah. This question, man, what's the calm before the storm? Is this the calm before the storm? Because there are certain things done, you know, production-wise that do not make sense to us as fans. Which things, you know, which things are we talking about? Okay, so let's get into specifics. So they just said the storytelling is not as great. That's part of it. That's not the whole reason why ratings are dropping. It's the fact that sometimes they don't stick with stories. It goes from one rivalry between Bray Wyatt, for example, and Daniel Bryan, and they had to remove that angle, to remove that story angle, because the reaction that Daniel Bryan was getting it was so heavy, and it, it just made the crowd react differently than from what production thought was going to happen. It's a guessing game with the crowd, basically. Ratings-wise, demographics, Okay, let's look at the highest-rated TV show. Popular shows. Chambers, never heard of it, okay. Star vs. Evil. Top 250 by IMDb, Planet Earth. 9.5, 9.5, Band of Brothers, 9.4, Game of Thrones, 9.4, Planet Earth, Breaking Bad, 9.4, where does WWE ranking ratings right here on IMDb, Batman, the animated series at 8.9, 1992, so this is overall, that's not Top 250 TV shows, so that doesn't count. Highest rated TV shows of 2019. Okay, let's let's just go with that. This is by Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. Bold type, season three. Uh, I can't base it off of this. The best TV shows of 2019 so far, according to Vulture.com. The Act on Hulu. Better Things. Okay. Let me just look up something else. Like, where does uh, WWE Raw and SmackDown Live rank? Where does Pro Wrestling rank as far as popularity goes? I'm not trying to put you all to sleep. Promise. I promise. Okay. Wow, that's harsh. 
very low on the list. Professional wrestling is not a sport and is a very niche, very niche of form of entertainment. Probably not even on the list. Wow. This is just off of reddit.com, and that's very uh, insightful. Who is the most popular wrestler in WWE history? Stone Cold Steve Austin, Shawn Michaels, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, The Undertaker, John Cena. And who's this according to? Oh, that's Bleacher Report. So... So... Andre the Giant, he's, you know, Brett the Hitman Hart, Chris Jericho, China. And this is, you know, overpopular. These are honorable mentions on Bleacher Report. You see, being all over the place doesn't benefit you because you don't know what I'm talking about some of the, some of the time, okay? But... If Forbes.com basically described the moment right now in 2019 where professional wrestling, you know, mainstream, particularly speaking about WWE, their ratings are low because a lot of fans can give out the suggestions that it doesn't really help us because we're not on their dime, their dollar. So maybe we, the podcast, are the mad science experiment. That people fail to uh, experiment with and listen to. Listen to us at WrestleMania? I don't think so. Yeah, maybe they did. But is this the calm before the storm that hits a week from Sunday? May 19th, in Connecticut. How is this going to affect our daily general lives? I don't know. Is it going to make a bit of damn difference if someone walks out as a new champion? And I'm referring to Lacey Evans, Rey Mysterio, Charlotte Flair. Are the outcomes going to affect our how we live our lives? Probably not. As a wrestling fan, though, it'll make you think, all right, where do I stand? And how how am I going to perceive the product as it goes forward? That is the question. So, you know, I just, I hope and I pray That things go better. Because right now, it looking at the product, it's just going to be like, okay. Can it improve? Will it improve? Will it make a difference when we go see the show? At WrestleMania 35, I was shocked. Because I had been to seven other WrestleManias where... It was mixed reviews. 
And why go if you're going to get mixed reviews? Do you go to a, a car show to get mixed reviews? No, not really. You go to a car show so you can see some awesome cars. That's basically why you go to a movie, right? You go so you can assess for yourself whether this was awesome, badass, or hell no, I'm not getting it on Blu-ray, or I'm not downloading it to iTunes. WWE is still popular in some regards, but um, there's a lot of question marks that come from fans because what are we supposed to be watching? We get it, you know, Daniel Bryan and Kofi Kingston is a never-ending feud. It's like, okay, so who are we supposed to be watching? How, you know, how are we supposed to react? And, you know, what is the payoff for being a fan? There is none, because, you know, we don't go from town to town unless we're super fans. The workers in WWE whether you're a wrestler, writer, doesn't matter. You just, I don't know. I don't speak for them. And I don't want to. But just observing what we see from week in, week out on Monday Night Raw, SmackDown Live, and sometimes the occasional pay-per-views. It makes you wonder, after just reading that Forbes article, should I, you know, quit watching it? That's up to us. It's up to any of us. But that's really sad that it's below 2 million viewers. No one's interest is always going to be on professional wrestling. Mine has since, you know, I started watching it in at a young age, five years old. Don't recall every single match because I was too young. I just thought it was really cool. And it gave, you know, wrestling's given us moments. Moments, as you know, were the Monday Night Wars, not just those, but champions who were crowned when they were not supposed to be. Stories that made you talk about it at work or at school, in my case. Now it was, you know, from the moment that everything was aligned correctly at WrestleMania, things started to change. And that's, you know, that's always going to happen in professional wrestling. As in, there's a new feel, there's a new atmosphere, there's a new look. And the reason why I refer to WWE as mainstream is because... It's such a machine, man. You've got NXT, you've got 205 Live, you've got SmackDown Live, you've got Monday Night Raw. So the question is, how do you maintain all of your fandom for this? you got the network, which makes you relive the good old days. Then for the mixed wrestling fan, you've got Ring of Honor, you've got NWA, you've got... 
the indie scene, the local scene. Just a lot of scenes, man. So. Sigh, breathe, do whatever you got to do. Because wrestling will forever be changing, evolving. You just have to keep up with the times, I guess, is the old saying, at least the old adage goes. But is this the calm before the storm, folks? Is this the time in which professional wrestling, is, you know, mainstream, is going to go back to what it was a little bit of 2018 before they were supposed to give the fans what they want because they noticed they, the powers that be, noticed that the ratings were slowly but surely dropping. This was, you know, I forget, oops, I messed up the times, folks, but it's okay. I did part one show. I've never done this before, but maybe I ought to start doing this new thing while doing a wrestling show early, depending on the times that I have available, right? Anyways, I guess part two will be done with Granny Holkster. My bad, folks. My bad. See? Times are always evolving and adapting, right? Is this the calm before the storm? Is this the time period in which pro wrestling... is going to either do good or bad. And on the mainstream side, that is. Let me clarify that. Mainstream has been separated through the saying because you have your casual fans who only watch World Wrestling Entertainment. You have the fans who watch all the other stuff and claim to be the greatest people in the world when they're pretentious jackasses, some of them not all. And then you have the fans who just like wrestling, period. So, folks, I'm going to sign off here because I realize this is the first time that I've done a two-parter in a while, and I have some other stuff that I have to take care of. Have a good after rest of your afternoon. I'll be back here in an hour with Granny Holkser. So, uh, toodles, bitches. Have a nice day, and if you didn't like what good old Brian Rails had to say, and I got three choice words for you, forget about it. Oh, I'm so used to an add-on after that. But don't worry, folks, she'll be on in an hour. Take care. Bye-bye. Have a nice one. Dig it. Looking.